The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is powered by theflycrate.com, an online fly shop. Join the Quarterly Fly Club today, your source for all things fly fishing. And wait for it films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, check out Wait For It Films on YouTube or at www.thewaitcreativeco.com. And Broken Tippet Fly Company. Blog and fishing apparel and accessories. Check them out online at brokentippet.com. You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. You know, one of the guys that's part of our crew, Matt Vieira. He's a great guide here in Maine, and um, he just spoils the crap out of us out there. I mean, you know, my thing now, different, I think, in the beginning, is I love a couple truckloads of the Maine Fly crew, our stewards, our guides, our photographers whoever and just seeing everybody swagged up in the main leather patch hat or a hoodie or they're all carrying a rod or they've got some backup rods and they're curious to try you know the moose and they're just going through the arsenal and they're fishing and they're successful and they're pulling fish and the camaraderie and the um how excited everybody is together and you know these days um I could sit back and watch that all day long. It's like, it's this, it's this culture that we've created and it's these people that have been with me from inception and, you know, watching their I fly IQs grow and, and their success on the rivers and, and their pride, um, um, in, in the brand. And then, you know, Matt's notorious for pulling, you know, whatever the latest and greatest of riverside cooking out of, back of his truck and he's flat topping and making moose subs from his hunt from last year and i mean we're eating better than anybody in a restaurant and we're all sitting in the waiters in the river and you know we have local people like allagash brewing who will make sure we've got plenty of river trip with us and um those days are gold i mean they're just gold um we have a video we put out not long ago i, I think it's on the site now of our time in the allagash and the irony of all this was that this team formed uh, through isolation, through the pandemic, and everybody knew each other from their faces and their Instagram handles, and I had built this team that I knew them all, and they knew of each other and had this admiration, and we decided to disconnect and go as far up north and rustic as we could get, and I mean, it wasn't an hour that passed, and it was like everybody had known each other their whole lives, and just to be for me to witness that and be part of that and know that this team, um, um, you know, gelled in the way that I had hoped and, um, and just some of the experiences we shared, you know, so, you know, a, a great day for me is, is a day with, with the crew. Um, we're laughing, we're smiling. Everyone's genuinely just really excited to be with, uh, with each other. You know, Matt's pulling one of his tricks out of the truck and, and we're eating something from a, you know, from a hunt and, uh, and, and everybody's just stoked and full and, and the bellies are, you know, are happy and the coolers are full and, and, um, mm. and then the night's filled with, you know, fish stories and fires. That's a perfect day for me. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the Fly Crate. The Fly Crate is an online fly shop where you can save more on flies and gear. Shop between hundreds of unique flies and join the quarterly fly club for hand-picked fly assortments for each season. Exclusively for our podcast listeners, you can save an additional 10% on the Fly Crate by using the code FLYFISH97. Go to theflycrate.com and use the code FLYFISH97 at checkout to save 10%. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Very happy you chose to join us this time around. And we're going to head out to a gorgeous part of the world. We've got Jeff Davis on the line from Maine Fly Company out of Yarmouth, Maine. Now, Jeff is making some beautiful small batch fly rods, handcrafted in kind of the old ways, traditions, if you will. And Jeff, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. So so tell us what you've been up to, because you, you're a hard man to get a hold of lately. I know the show circuit's been super busy. Um, what's the last uh, few months been like for you? Um, you know, a humbled wave. We've been, um, 
ever since our we've moved into our new location, you know, I think it's really given us an opportunity to really showcase our stuff and the building process and, and, you know, people are able to come in and, and watch these get built and see all the rods together on, you know, hanging, which was the first time we ever were able to do that. And, and so I, I think as soon as we transition from this online only world to, you know, a physical presence, like, I think there was a lot of curious people that were really interested in seeing what we we're up to and, and how this all worked. And, you know, since we've opened the doors, it's, um, it's been humbling. We've, we've, it's, it's been busy and, and we're excited and it's, it's been a lot of fun. So when you say you're kind of doing the fly fishing circuit, you're doing the fly fishing shows, um, walk us through that. What does that look like? Is that the fly fishing show to name, you know, a few others? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the fly fishing show was definitely one of them. And, and, you know, like over the last couple of years, I mean, there, there's shows here in Maine and, and, you know, various festivals and, and just a ton of things we wanted to partake in. Uh, COVID put a, you know, a stick in, in a lot of those spokes for us. And, and this year, uh, you know, it was, it was late winter and, you know, I wholeheartedly decided we were going on the road one way or the other this year. Mm. And what we didn't know is that, um, I was <laughs> pretty particular about where I wanted the company's headquarters to be and what that was going to look like. And, so I threw my name in the hat for this place we're in now. And, you know, the guy said I didn't have a shot for years. So I said, great. Well, we're going to be on the road this year anyhow. And and so no sooner did the shows and the circuit start, I got that golden phone call. Um, that spot you want is ready and it's yours if you want it. So mm. in between, you know, hitting some of the main shows and, and, and the fly fishing show, um, and, you know, a number of others, I was spending nights there renovating, getting that spot ready for us and, and decide to keep the tour, you know, the, the way it was. And so we're, um, you know, we, we've been fortunate to have some shows and some, some great publications, uh, come to the shop and some trips with them. And like I said, it's, it, it was an unexpected, but it's been an amazing spring. Something I really notice about your brand, uh, if you will, is the pride that you take in your backyard, where you come from. And, and for me, that's, um, there's a lot of, uh, legitimacy in that. It's like, this is who we are. We know who we are. We're doing small lots. This is not something you're going to find at a superstore. This is kind of, um, you know, more of an old world, um, craftsmanship going on. Tell us about the home base that you just kind of landed in, if you will. Well, you know, I mean, I, as, as a young guy, you know, I, I, I appreciated where I was. I mean, you know, I, I like the seasons. I'm, I, I like winter. I like fall. I'm a four season kind of guy. So, you know, but then obviously you hit, you know, your young twenties and you want to travel and maybe this isn't where you belong. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I left and I traveled for quite a few years and, and undoubtedly returned to Maine, um, finding not only comfort, you know, in Maine being home for me, but, you know, in the passion of the seasons. And at that point still hadn't really taken full advantage of, you know, what everything the state had to offer. And so, you know, to kind of tie into what you were asking and in, in our new base, Maine is very much a part of Maine fly company because Maine is very much a part of me. And in, you know, a lot of those travels and, and, you know, various outdoor gears and things that I took part of over the years, you know, as I started really embracing Maine Fly Company and what that was going to look like, it was, you know, looking nationally at, you know, where is the representation of the Northeast? Like, where is the representation of Maine and fly fishing? And that craft got lost in so many that are retiring, a lot of these old bamboo guys and people that I have just tremendous admiration for, but they're expiring. They're, they're, they're retiring. The craft is gone mm -hmm. as is the representation of Maine. And, you know, Maine fly company to me was a, um, an opportunity to restore all of that. Uh, not only the, the lost art of the, of the rodsmith, but you know, the really unique and dynamic waters that we have here, um, and so in landing in our headquarters, which is, you know, sort of what you were asking to me, it was like, where can I, where can I honor the craft, the history of Maine, uh, the deep rooted heritage and our new headquarters is all of those things. It's an old textile mill that's hangs over the, the Royal river, 
maybe a quarter mile from where it dumps into uh, Casco Bay. So we essentially have the fresh, the salt, um, this old mill that was just known for years for making rope and and nobody has built or made anything there in you know centuries at this point. And so to have that be a headquarters, it represents everything we stand for. Um, mm. And uh, it's just there's just no better fit for us. We're very happy where we found uh, our new home. I love it. It uh, it reeks of integrity is, is is how I would verbalize that sitting over top of the river. And we're going to talk all about that. I, I want to get to know the waters in your backyard. I want to get to know your neighborhood um, and the rods, which I assume a lot of them are named for. So I know we can dig into that. But first, what I want to do on this show, Jeff, is I always like to get a feel for your day to day. I want to I want to get a feeling for your um, neck of the woods. You ready for a few different questions uh, designed to get to know you? Sure. Okay, so let's talk tunes. Now, you might be one of those guys that's on the way to the river and you don't want to hear a thing, or not. Um, If you're driving in your truck on the way to the water, what is playing in the stereo? Soulful. Um, um, Boy, that, that, that can change. But, you know, music that, you know, preps me for you know, this, this next journey or these, this next part of the day that's sitting in the water. I mean, um, you know, big band, but folky, um, you know, Nathaniel Ratliff's, uh, mm. uh, the Stapletons, um, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that just feels good. You've got a little vibe, the toes popping, but you're not headbanging. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a calm, uh, before, you know, you, you essentially walk into your church, you know, is, is kind of what I'm, what I'm, what's coming out of my speakers. That's pretty well verbalized. Okay, let's talk fly patterns. So if you're hitting your favorite stretch, um, just, I know this is a weird question, but what's one pattern you reach for more often than not? Here? Uh, you know, nymphs, pheasant tails, um, uh, hare's ears, um, uh you know, below the surface. I mean, it's just, it's a tried and true year round, you know, fly or nymph, if you will, that, you know, you're going to have success any time of year. It's a safe bet any time of year. Now this might be an easy one for you. Favorite place to talk fly fishing when you're not in your waders. So, you know, is there a coffee shop? I'm sure there's some brew pubs I'd heard you speak of locally. Is there a fly shop? Is it your shop? Where do you get your fix when you're not in your waders? Historically, uh, that really, you know, altered. I mean, we have this great place, local uh, main beer company, where it was always a team spot where we'd all go talk and plot trips. But um, it really has become the shop, my shop. Um, not in a way that's a traditional fly shop, but, you know, I have a big jumbo map of Maine and little, you know, arrows we put in places we want to go. And, you know, it's, it, it's become more of the team and, and us just dreaming and, and almost, you know, reaching inspirations for future batches and what those stories and trips look like. And, you know, so these days it's, it's in our new shop for sure. So talking about team. What is your team? So I, I know you're, uh, I know New England is also near and dear to your heart. Now, are, are you a Pats fan? Are you a Celtics fan? Uh, are you a Red Sox fan? Or is it none of the above? Who, who, who do you cheer for when you're pulling for your team? Well, you know, a lot of people don't like to hear it, but yes, I'm a, definitely a New England fan. Um, but oddly, I have this side passion uh, for Chicago and it's the mm. Cubs and it's the Bears. Um, which basically kind of goes back to a lot of main fly roots and my dad, who's, you know, out there in my time in Chicago and frankly, you know, the Blackhawks or the bears, uh, or the Cubs are no threat to any of my new England team. So, you know, I can, <laughs> I can have that dual passion, but, um, yeah, but yes, uh, definitely new England all the way around and, and uh, a little bit of Chicago sprinkled in there as well. I got to get a little philosophical on you here. Um, What's your biggest takeaway since you started, not necessarily your business, but just your fly fishing journey? Like, what do you take away? Why do you do this? What does it bring into your world? Clarity, honesty, uh, purity. Um, 
it makes me realize, you know, even more so that this new journey I'm on is the right one. Um, I think that, you know, I lived a lie for an awful long time. I was, you know, in big business and corporate and leading big sales teams and traveling and networking. And it turns out none of that is who I am. Uh, I'm an introvert at heart. I, I, um, I like to work with my hands. I like the peace. I like the quiet. I like the connection that I get. And, you know, my only regret is that I didn't find it sooner. Um, but what I'm happy about is that I did finally find it. And life as a whole, for me, just looks very, very different. And I think the idea that I get to build fly rods by day, um, stand in the rivers, you know, in my free time, and um, it just makes my time with my boys, and it just makes my life all the way around just a little more joyful and a whole lot more peaceful. Yeah, I love that. Now, obviously, it sounds to me like you're speaking. My next question was, what's the best job? I think you just answered that. And I, I look, I don't want you to slam anything you've done in the past. And I know you mentioned you've done some corporate stuff. What was your worst job to date? <laughs> um, you know, these days when I look back, it was almost um, all of them. And it's and it, not necessarily you know, the companies, I mean, it's like an old relationship, right? It's not necessarily the person was bad. It just wasn't good for you. And, and mm -hmm. that would really describe a good chunk of my career. Um, you know, I, I had some tremendous opportunities. I mean, really great opportunities. I, you know, I worked for the Southern based company and, you know, was a national account director for, for restoring these old wetland areas. And it was, it was a great, great company. It was a great culture. It was a great job. It just wasn't, soul filling. I mean, I, I was doing it for the money. I was doing it for the career and it was interesting, but it didn't fill my soul. It didn't, yeah. it didn't. Um, I mean, now between the shop and home, both places feel the same to me. I, I'm just <laughs> as comfortable at either place. Um, so it's hard to, you know, it's hard to correlate that with any of my old jobs or my past life. I like the way you verbalize that because I know what you mean. It's kind of, it, it is what you do. It's almost part of your DNA. It's, uh, I, I get that. Uh, good answer. Um, fill in the blank for me. When I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? Um, creating. Um, um, you know, finding, basically reflecting so much on my 20 years you know, in the past of the good, the bad, and the uglies and making sure that, you know, that creative passion and that's that, that side of me that I finally have been able to let out is reflective in my people in the culture in, in our, our, our shop, um, in, in, in my boys and, uh, everything that means something to me. Um, hmm. I don't know if I lost track with the question, but it's, it, you got me kind of, you know, I'm thinking about making my entire life, all aspects of it, just feel as good as it does. Um, you know, when we're at a show and some guy walks up and, hey, you're Jeff and this is main flight. Wow, I've been following you guys. And I'm always like, really? Like you have? Um, we were an online company. I was in my basement when I started this thing. And, and you know, to know that people are, you know, starting to recognize and, and, value the work that we never really did for that purpose. It was just, you know, this was going to be a hobby or a company and I was going to be okay either way. Hmm. Um, but the fact that we've been able to share this and people are feeling that is, has been pretty awesome. So, you know, I think about, you know, how do I make sure that our internal culture looks that way and our marketing and, and everything that we do just really resonates with really who we are. Thing I love about that is, um, you know, in today's world, we all know that retention is an issue, right? It's it's not an easy game right now to hold on to the people you have, especially you know when they come into the fold and you're like, man, I hope this person never leaves this company. Um, how much of the culture that you're bringing and and has that kind of worked in your favor? Like in my mind, I could see people really sticking. Yeah. I mean, you know, my philosophy with everybody is we're family fishing and then work. Um, that's what it looks like for us. Um, and you know, in finding this spot, it was, it was more for them than it was for me. I mean, every builder has a, you know, gigantic window in front of their wrapping station that looks out at the river where they get to watch people fly fish all day. Um, that was incredibly important to me. Um, 
you know, Leanne, uh, who's one of our head builders, I mean, she's heading to the Cape next week for two weeks to fish. And, you know, for me, it's like, I don't care what's on the shelves. I don't, if we're sold out, we're sold out. I mean, she's got to go fill her soul Mm -hmm. and then she comes back a better person. And so, you know, fishing time and family time, it's a no brainer. You don't have to ask me. You just, you know, just let me know what's happening and, and you're gone. And so, that's inherently what our culture is. And, you know, we care about each other. It's casual. Uh, you know, we have tunes cranking one day and, you know, the next people having family or friends come into the shop and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're creating a shared culture of people who feel the same way I do about fly fishing and the idea of creating. And so it doesn't make it hard, you know, um, people are just psyched to be there. Um, and, you know, if we get tired with one batch, then great, let's build some customs or let's do some of our landlocks or let's start creating for next year or, or let's get out of here and let's close this place down and go to the Allagash for a week and let's go fish <laughs> and get re-inspired. You know, so I think if you can continue with that evolution and, and have that remain your culture, you know, retention, sure, we'll have challenges at some point, but I hope that our core just really stays with us because, you know, they share in that, um, in that with me. It's really grateful to have uh, Jeff Davis on the line from Maine Fly Company, quality craftsmanship, small batch fly rods. Now, he founded this company uh, in part, I read, to celebrate uh, your late father's uh, passion for fly fishing and Maine and kind of bring your your family along into the fold. Let's talk about your business, Jeff. I'd really like to dig into it a little bit. First off, tell me about the fly rods you're you're doing. Um, I know that um, a lot of them are named for local rivers in in your area and kind of styled in certain you know these are very specific tools and and really well crafted i can i can see that um walk us through your portfolio of rods a little bit well you know the 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 rods all of our rods you know are inspired by something someone a trip we've taken uh maybe a need that was a gap in our quivers i mean it starts with the little river you know, the Little Rivers are 6'6", six, 2'8", six, um, It's a matte green blank. The wraps are, are Brookie Halo inspired. And the rod itself was inspired. I think it was three months into the company. And I had a inquiry come in from a guy from New York who's surrounded with small streams. And he said, look, I'm looking for the ideal small stream rod. It would be super cool if there was some sort of, you know, native Brookie, you know, theme to it. And got my wheels spinning. I said, all right, let me let me see what I can create here. We'll launch it and see what happens. And it's one of the batches that's never gone away. It's one of my earliest ones. It's our national bestseller. And I like, you know, that it's Little River. There's three rivers in Maine called Little River. Everybody's got a Little River. Everybody's <laughs> got a small stream. Yeah. So it's nationally relatable. And, um, you know, but it's with intention and passion and, you know, the blank and the design and the ability to slingshot and, and just knowing that, you know, people are being successful with this all over the country is the little river will probably stay with us for a very long time. Um, you know, but from there we can get into the Carabasset, you know, one of our new ones this year, there was a guy I had talked to once, uh, late last year and he was in the Carabasset region. And this particular guy was of a firm believer that, you know, some of the rods as you're getting louder can spook the fish and, and yada, and I said, all right, great. Well, maybe if I ever do a carabass and I'm going to camouflage this thing with the sky. And he kind of laughed and said, I don't know if that's possible. So here came the carabass. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt finished sky blue, uh, left the colors very natural and organic. Did it an eight foot with a fast action to kind of match that region here in Maine. But everybody's got that not so small, a little bit bigger, but tight, you know, where they're going to do a lot of the roll casting and, you know, shaving that extra foot off can really benefit them. Um, but that's where a lot of the colors and, and inspirations came from on, on that one. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we can move into the dead river, uh, yeah. staple rod, nine foot five, matte black green. That one actually comes from me in my very first fly fishing trip on the dead river, uh, actually falling in the river. And all I remember is head coming in, head coming out, seeing the green, seeing the black, seeing the green, seeing the black. <laughs> Hence came the dead river, uh, which is that staple go-to. And, and so they, you know, as we go through the whole lineup, they're all either from a story or a trip, uh, like the roach. The roach is a very special rod to me. It's uh, it's our nine, six, comes in a four, five and seven weight. 
um, there's this old bridge as you enter the town of Kokoja where the Roach River is and it's rusted and it's by a dam. And, you know, our favorite time to go there is, is in the fall. And I just find this incredible richness uh, of that region. And uh, we were fishing this stretch and we were having a great you know run with landlocks. And I remember at one point saying, man, I, I'm not sure I'd want to nymph this, but if I had something, you know, six inches longer, I think it would be clutch for this spot. And hence came the nine, six Roach river. The blank is colored uh, in an old rust from that bridge. And the wraps are inspired by a handful of leaves I grabbed and stuffed in my waders, you know, peak foliage and, hmm you know, it all came together and that was the Roach River. Um, you know, so they are specific to the rivers, but not where everybody, anybody nationally, globally doesn't have that kind of river or that kind of need, you know, for that rod. They're just inspired, you know, by, by the rivers and the trips that were taken here locally, but certainly applicable anywhere. Something that I, okay, so I've had a lot of uh, rod startups. Obviously, you guys are, are, have been at it a while. But the one thing that I really notice with, with younger rod companies is where in the world do you start? Because you can be, you can have too many rods. You can have too much selection. What was the first rod, the very first one that kind of got your company going? You know, it's funny. It's it's hanging on the wall in my office. Uh, it was the Rapid River. I have no reason for it. Uh, I look back on it, and I'm uh, it's an ugly rod. Um, but the inspiration from it was minimal. Um, like you said, I mean, where do you start? You know, I started uh, online buying blanks, and and you know, going through God knows how many rods and wraps and blanks before. Uh, I started making them sort of consistent. And then with the consistency came, all right, well, there's three or four places to get blanks. I am only making 20 at a time. So I'm at the mercy of what they've got. Um, as time goes on, you know, your, your, your craft improves and your carbon compositions and your tapers and your, all that IQ starts to grow. And then you start really identifying you know, what's an IM12 to a 40 or what's a 40T? And you start realizing that so much of the language that's used is marketing or, or country related or, hmm. you know, and then you start really starting to dial in, um, you know, what does a full arsenal look like? What does a full quiver as a main fly company look like? And you're right. I mean, I could have 30 batches and it's overkill. Um, but I always relate back to, you know, part of the inspiration of Maine Fly, which was the brewery resurgence here in New England and what Maine was to that for New England. And, you know, they're revolving taps, right? You don't want to go into the brewery that's got 70 different things on tap because you can't be doing that many things that are great. <laughs> um, but they've got their three or four foundational brews and then they have their seasonals or they have some rotating taps. That's that's our rods. You know, you've got the Little River, you've got the Dead, you've got the Kennebec. And then you've got this constant revolution going on around there. Um, and it's really so that we can cover everything from a one weight to a 12 weight, have everything anybody needs at any given time and various actions, tapers, weights, you know, sections, um, you know, but without over exhausting anything. You know, I think, you know, when you look at mass production, there's 17 different nine foot five weights and you're expecting people to keep up with the technology, which half of it is marketing ploys and just language to confuse and be able to inflate pricing. In my opinion, you know, I think, yeah. I think you need a, a slow, a medium and a fast and that's it. What more do you need than that? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, th that, that all comes into play for us. How much of, okay. So here's when I think of rods, I think of, okay, somebody fishing, say spring creeks in Montana, somebody, there's a specific rod for that. How important in your creation of these rods is your location? Because you're, you're so close to the salt. You're so close to some smaller rivers, some smaller creeks, I would imagine. So you kind of got the full arsenal in your backyard. Has that helped with your evolution on the, the rods that you're building? There's no doubt. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I, you know, w one of the things I, I bought a year or so ago is, uh, you know, I love the guys River Smith and the, those four banger rod quivers for the truck. I mean, at first it was almost like, oh, look at me, look at me. I've got a quiver on the truck. I'm a fly guy. But that wasn't the intent. It was like, what four rods am I carrying in there 
that I can cover a whole lot of ground over a couple hours of driving through Maine that are strung up and ready to go. And the idea there is that, yeah, you've got that small stream rod. You've got that big rod for the big rugged McGalloway, that big, wide, gnarly, hard hitting big current river where the, you know, the guys are deep. Um, you're off the shores, maybe off the flats when stripers are here. Um, that nymph river, you know, the thing where, you know, that 10 footer is just perfect or, or maybe that big water where, you know, you're not surrounded by the trees and I can open up with a two handed switch rod and, and get that cast going. We, we are dynamic in that way here in Maine is that there is so much water within an hour that you really do need a different fish stick for every one of these different stops. But it's not to where it's so unique that it doesn't replicate somewhere else in the country. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I think because of the dynamic waters we have here in Maine, um, you know, we have something for everything. And because of that, you know, it's very applicable, you know, whether it's Montana, Colorado, Idaho, um, bone fishing. I mean, whatever we, we, we've got that because we do have waters here that are, are, are applicable. I mean, not to the, to the big open sky of, you know, beautiful Montana's and they're, they're not better beautiful. They're different, beautiful. And, uh, they're, but their waters are similar. The fish are different. Sure. The, the, uh, the flies are different, but it's either a slow moving or it's a big, you know, hard current hitting big current. Um, you know, but, but we try to have an, a, a good balanced arsenal that, that can cover all that water. You spoke earlier, Jeff, about kind of what fly fishing does for you, what it brings into your world. I, I want to know from a business point of view, since you started uh, the main fly company, uh, building these quality crafted rods, what is what is your biggest takeaway on this journey so far? Can you even verbalize that? Um, it's, it, you know... I ended, you know, my corporate career, my last couple of years, I was at the, the university here as a consultant and it was just a really great, you know, opportunity to kind of take everything that I had done for everybody else and really kind of hone it in, you know, from a marketing perspective to business development, to, you know, um, product development. And, you know, what I was able to do is take all of the things that were the most exciting for me through a 20 year career in all these major organizations and sort of cherry pick, you know, what I knew I was going to be good at, what I didn't think I'd be all that great at, um, and, and roll it into this company where our strengths are essentially my strengths. Our weaknesses are my weaknesses. Um, but it's this effortless idea of just going to work. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, PR or, 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 or being covered or we're on show or we're designing or creating or whatever it is, you know, I think the big takeaway from the business side of this is that, um, it's just that you can really love what you do. I mean, where I didn't love it before, but mm -hmm. I was good at it right. when it's yours and you're running with it. Like you just, there, there, there's just nothing that I go to work and do that. I don't love. There's no part of it that I just, I'm not in love with. Um, so it, it's the idea that when, when, when you feel stuck or you're in some kind of career or some industry or something and, you know, your soul's just not filled, it can be, you, you can do it. Uh, you can certainly chase your own dreams and find what it is that you love and, and, and make a living out of it. And when you can do that, um, you know, all the old cliches that you turn a nose up to, they're actually true. Uh, when you love what you do, you, you never really work a day in your life. And, and I, that's, that's where I'm at. Do you find, I mean, especially working for, for big corporations in the past, you know, you're, you've got to say the right thing. Uh, you have to kind of think about what you're saying all the time. And sometimes it may be, may not be what you're trying to represent, but when there's integrity, because where I'm going with this is we talk side hustles on this show a lot. Cause I think there's a lot of side hustles in the fly fishing space. Um, the rare few like yourselves, it becomes your go-to, it becomes your day-to-day, -day, it becomes your life. Um, so I have the ultimate admiration of where you've gone with this and ultimate respect. And I, I just find it fascinating. Like how, how much has your ability to be you and not kind of hold on to any corporate mentality? How, how much has that helped the growth 
uh, of the brand? You know, I think like so many other parts of Mainfly Company, it, it was unintentional. Um, um, I didn't want to make a living on my dad dying. I mean, on on uh, right. this this crazy inspiration that has come. I mean, this this was really unintentional. Um, and so I think the idea that, you know, I can have conversations with you, I can have conversations with anybody and I'm not really coaching myself. I'm not thinking about what's going to come out of my mouth because yeah. when it's pure, when it's true, when it's pure and when it's genuine, yeah. um, you know, there's no scripting that. And, 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 and I'm, um, you know, uh, it, it's just easy. It's effortless. Um, you know, because again, we're, we're, we're just doing what we love. We're, we're, I mean, I built fly rods. Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> so, you know, to talk about that and, you know, a lot of, you know, the history of how it all came about and, and that people are, you know, coming along on this journey with us and, and valuing what, what it is we're building. I think it validates, you know, where I was before this even started. It was like, fly fishermen, women, kids, anybody in the fly industry, they've, they've all got their own recipe. They've got their secret spot to the river, their own run. They've got their fly, their own way of entering the water, leaving the water, the traditions before and after yet everybody was casting big mass produced rods. It, it, it was a void for me. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Where's the rod with intention? Where's the rod that was built with somebody else's hands who loves this as much as you do? Mm -hmm. Where, where is that? It's the fish stick. It's your primary arsenal. What, what's missing there. And, and that's, that was a big part of this for me. And, you know, if, if we inspire, you know, 10 copycats down the road, great. So be it. Um, go, go build some rods with intention and share that passion with folks and, and hope that the people catching the fish with your rods, you know, are, you know, uh, you just made that journey that much more exciting or personal for them. Um, you know, it's all part of the passion. I, I like how you said that because there's one thing that I have found talking with different rod companies and not just rod companies, um, optics manufacturers, you find your niche because, you know, there's lots of very, very expensive rods out there and there's lots of inexpensive rods out there. But it seems to me you guys are kind of found a niche uh, with the craftsmanship that is maybe not going to break the bank either, which I think there's a lot of people out there that aren't necessarily going to spend a thousand dollars on a fly rod. I'm one of them. Yeah. Um, so when we were looking at price points and where is this all going to land, you know, I mean, I am, um, I'm, I'm you, I'm, I'm everybody. I, I don't want to spend that on, on, on a rod. I don't want to spend that on anything that I don't have to. Right. And so, you know, can I, can I find that happy medium, you know, price point, you know, uh, where someone can come in the shop, um, uh, they'll pick their blank. They can pick their wraps. They can pick their guides, their grip, their seat. I mean, I just got done turning a seat, uh, for a gentleman whose dad passed. He was a furniture maker and he brought me a big scrap of his maple. And so I took a scrap of that maple and just laid the seed out of it to add it to the rod to then, you know, script his name into it before we finish it. This is something that's going to mean something to this man for, yeah. for, for the rest of his life. And so can we do that? And, and not at a thousand dollars, we put him in debt over it. it. It's unnecessary. The markups are tremendous and we can build you a very quality rod that I would rival with anybody anybody um but it's personalized and it's going to mean something to you at a, at, at a price that you can afford that was incredibly important so if let's say somebody has you know a tree in their backyard that has uh you know a hardwood so is that something you do quite often jeff as far as like if it's got some sentimental value or it's like some old hardwood from an old building or a barn or whatever um is that something you do fairly often 100 percent. i mean you know, recently, you know, we were all laughing as a crew is like, oh, we've become the uh, the treehouse masters of fly rods or, or whatever it is. But, you know, th the idea that somebody can bring something that is priceless to them and we can find some way to incorporate it into a fly rod for you, that you're going to go out and you're going to fish and you're going to share that, you know, with your kids. And I mean, yeah, uh, if we can make it work, we'll make it work, hmm. you know, um, 
you know, in this case, it was maple. There was recently a gentleman with this old cherry tree that had been their, their, their family for multiple generations. And finally, you know, a storm took it. And so we took a chunk of that and made, made seats out of that. And, you know, can we, can we make some wood handles? Can we, you know, incorporate, you know, um, some hardware that, that may be special to you in some way, or there's colors or there's sayings or, you know, whatever we can do without compromising the, the rod building, you know, process yeah. that that'll make this special for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's everything we love. It, it, it's the rods we love the most. I was just watching a, uh, out of New York, a, uh, a documentary on, I think it was a guitar manufacturer. I think it was Carmine street guitars and they do the same type of thing. They take wood from these old buildings that really resonates, uh, both with historically and I think there's something pretty cool about that. You're not talking about a mass-produced item here. And I'm always looking for the brand that nobody else has or, you know, not the big brand, but to, to be able to put some uh, something together that means something to somebody, that's got to make you guys feel special too. Oh, I love it. I mean, that that's the idea too about, you know, every year we expire a few batches and bring on a few others and Someone will write and say, hey, whatever happened to that Kennebec? And it's kind of like, you know, there's this shop in Maine that used to have this old saying, you know, you should have bought it when you saw it. And um, It's kind of applicable to the rods. Like, mm. yeah, you know, that was a special creation. We were passionate about that. But I think it's nice that only 150 people have those. And now we've got something different. And, yeah. you know, we keep the parts in case someone's, you know, snaps the tip in the door or whatever happens. But, you know, we want to keep, you know, some fresh stuff in the batches so that, like you said, you know, you've, you're not going to go somewhere and see a thousand of them because they, a thousand of them don't exist. That's the point. So if you're looking for something truly unique, check out mainflycompany.com. Uh, we got Jeff Davis on the line. Jeff, I want to talk a little bit about your, I'm going to let you get creative on your dream day right now. So paint us a little picture. Um, this is your day, how you want it to turn out. You've got, you're fishing with the right people, or maybe you're on your own. Tell us what that looks like. What are you having to drink at the end of the day? Paint us a little picture. You know, one of the guys that's part of our crew, Matt Vieira, he's a great guide here in Maine. And um, he just spoils the crap out of us out there. I mean, you know, my thing now different, I think in the beginning is I love a couple truckloads of the main fly crew, our stewards, our guides, our photographers, whoever, and just seeing everybody swagged up in the main leather patch hat or a hoodie, or they're all carrying a rod and they've got some backup rods and they're curious to try, you know, the moose and they're just going through the arsenal and they're fishing and they're successful and they're pulling fish and the camaraderie and the, um, how excited everybody is together. And, you know, these days, um, I could sit back and watch that all day long. It's like, it's this, it's this culture that we've created and it's these people that have been with me from inception and, you know, watching their I fly IQs grow and, and their success on the rivers and, and their pride, um, um, in the brand and then, you know, Matt's notorious for pulling, you know, whatever the latest and greatest of Riverside cooking out of the back of his truck. And <laughs> he's flat topping and making moose subs from his hunt from last year. <laughs> and I mean, we're eating better than anybody in a restaurant and we're all sitting in waiters in the river. And, you know, we have local people like Allagash Brewing who will make sure we've got plenty of river trip with us. And um, those days are gold. I mean, they're just gold. Um we have a video we put out not long ago. I, I think it's on the site now of our time in the Allagash. And the irony of all this was that this team formed uh, through isolation, through the pandemic. And everybody knew each other from their faces and their Instagram handles. And I had built this team that I knew them all. And they knew of each other and had this admiration. And we decided to disconnect and go as far up north and rustic as we could get. And I mean, it wasn't an hour that passed and it was like everybody had known each other their whole lives. And just to be, for me to witness that and be part of that and know that this team, um, um, you know, gelled in the way that I had hoped and, um, and just some of the experiences we shared, you know, so, you know, a, a great day for me is, is a day with, with the crew. Um, 
we're laughing, we're smiling. Everyone's genuinely just really excited to be with uh, with each other. You know, Matt's pulling one of his tricks out of the truck, and and we're eating something from a you know from a hunt, and uh, and and everybody's just stoked and full, and and the bellies are you know are happy, and the coolers are full, and and um, mm. and then the night's filled with you know fish stories and fires. That's a perfect day for me. Yeah, sounds pretty good. <laughs> like now, is is moose not is that the national animal? for Maine this for the state I mean it's not something that you know if people had a spirit animal it'd be mine <laughs> <laughs> I love the moose I have a big big admiration for the moose um but yeah I mean there's there, you know we've, we've got a lot of moose here mm. for sure and and um you know there is a period of time where, where you know they are hunted up here for sure so you, you know I always like to talk crazy fish stories I'm sure we've all got them but if you had to look back on your fly fishing journey thus far, is there anything that's weird or wacky that happened in your time? Um, kind of like, you're not going to believe this, but this actually happened. You know, I, I think if I had a blooper reel, I think a lot of them would probably be the first year I had my Mako and I was out in Casco Bay as if I had been a boat captain my whole life. And it was actually my first boat. And, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I, I certainly did it like I, I knew everything I was doing and. You know, so from, yeah, uh, you know, double hauling and on my way back through finding a bird on the end of my line, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it was ugly uh, for sure. Um, you know, we broke some rods. We, um, you know, had the, had the, you know, the prop on a few rocks. And meanwhile, we're trying to pull in a fish. And uh, yeah, I, I would say the sea had done, has a pretty good blooper reel for me for sure. But, <laughs> you know, also backing up to the Dead River where I, you know, I figured I had waders on. So what, what, why couldn't I just go walk in the river? Well, you know, you didn't realize that, you know, it'll drop any second. And next thing you know, I'm, you know, shiny new waders, brand new fly fishermen, you know, bobbing down the river past the fishermen's lines. Cause I, you know, uh, couldn't get my bearings in time. So yeah, I've, I've got a pretty good blooper reel. I mean, I, and frankly, out of everybody on the team, I'm, I'm the most novice of anglers. I mean, these, some of these guys have been doing it since they were, you know, they had their first pair of boots. I, right. I didn't join this world till later in life. So hmm. I never claimed to be the greatest. Um, um, I'm a constant student. I will be till the very end. Yeah. Um, but you know, for me, whether it's a chub, a bass, a perch, you know, a brookie, a rainbow, uh, my favorite, the landlocked salmon, I don't care if my rod's bent, I'm a happy man. Well, that's one thing that we always talk about is, is there is no shortage of things to learn, whether it's the entomology, whether it's the, you know, the craft of building rods, whether it's the fly tying, is there anything, uh, obviously outside your day-to-day business, but is there anything you're trying to hone your kind of, um, you know, your interest to right now? Yeah. I mean, I think every year I, you know, we want to become better anglers and, um, the entomology side has, has certainly been a void, you know, I mean, I think it is for a lot of people like people. Yeah. We know bugs, you know, to a certain extent, but damn, it's overwhelming. You know, when you go to a shop and there's, you know, uh, 300 bins and you know, there's five guys and they're all have a different arsenal. It's like, where do I start? what do I need? Do I need all these? And, you know, I, I think my first couple boxes, I couldn't tell you what 80% of it was, but it, it looked like it was something I needed. And, <laughs> you know, I, these days for me, you know, and, and our tumble down rod is sort of a, a testimony of this is like, I really love the minimalist aspect of it. Um, you know, I don't need a giant jumbo backpack in 40 boxes. Like if I was going to have a dozen and be successful, what are they and why? Um, so really, you know, honing in on, on my bugs and, um, you know, really valuing my time lately with a local guide and author and a guy who does fly classes at our, our, our shop, Lou Zambello, I just value the time I have with him because he, he can read a river like no other. Mm. And, you know, in the beginning, you know, you're working on a, on a, um, you know, your drift and, and, and you're working on, you know, learning the difference between, you know, uh, a stream or a dry, uh, uh, midge. And then as you evolve, you want to understand the bugs better. Then you want to read the waters better Then you want to, you know, uh, get, get to the currents and start figuring out where those trophy guys are. And, you know, that's a lot of where I'm at now. I mean, I'm trying to get where most of my team has been for years, but it's not because I'm racing to be better at just my, 
my comfort level with some of those fundamentals and those intermediate stuff has, is there. Mm -hmm. And so my mind is naturally now evolving to some of the more complex, you know, parts of fly fishing. And it's just natural curiosity, you know, as you evolve in this craft. Yeah, it's, it's so true. What about tying? How, how big of a role is uh, fly tying in your life right now? <laughs> I, I, I get asked a lot, you know, so what do you, what's your favorite thing to tie? And I said, I, I've got to be honest with you. I, I I, I don't, I don't have the time for it. Yeah. I have such crazy admiration for, for everybody who's just so incredible at it. I, I fully 100% intend to circle back around and, and at least someday call myself, uh, uh, you know, intermediate. Um, uh, I, I can do some very basic patterns, um, yeah. you know, enough to make me kind of dangerous, but I'm not great at it. It's not my claim to fame. Um, yeah. but I go to the fly classes, you know, the tying classes and intend to have some in the shop this year. So nice. my thing is this winter, as we start having classes and inviting people in the shop in the off season, I'm going to dial that in a little bit better. I love it. Well, listen, I, I've really enjoyed chatting with you, Jeff. I, one thing I want to know. So if we want to get our hands on a fly rod from your company, main fly company, um, these are small batch rods. Um, not in any way, shape, or form mass-produced, with intent, have a lot of stories behind them. Where's the best place to find you? So mainflyco.com. Um, we've now got our phone number, one eight seven seven main flyco. You can call. I always love talking fly rods with people. Uh, and you can check out the events tab on our website because, um, you know, we just took a bunch of them off, but that'll be a constantly uh, evolving schedule. And next year... As we approach the winter, uh, we intend to be down in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and we're going to uh, follow that fly fishing tour a little more broad this year, and, and that'll continue to happen. So, you know, whether you call us, come to the website, uh, follow us on socials to see what we're up to, uh, or watch that event tab, there, there should be a lot of opportunities to find us. Thanks, my friend, for doing this. I appreciate it. I wish you a great season on the water and uh, an amazing season I know you'll have in the shop. Thank you. It was very nice Nice talking to you. Thank you. We've been chatting today with Jeff Davis out of Maine Fly Company out of Yarmouth, Maine. Thanks for joining us this time around. We'll see you next time. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.